Hey everybody, we are live with the Savage Gentleman Podcast. We have a very special guest here with us tonight. We have the Will Willis joining us, and we're talking about, well, we're talking about a lot of stuff. Really, tell us about your project a little bit. Oh, so we're going to jump right jump into right it. Jump right into it. <laughs> no, no. I mean, for people, who are you? No, everyone oh, yeah, knows yeah, yeah. who you are. No, no, this man no. needs no introduction. I, I don't think, I don't, I want to right, hear tell it. Us, tell all right, us, all right. Tell us, go ahead. So uh, my name is Will Willis. I'm a television show host. I host Forged and Fire on the History Channel. Great show, by the way, yeah, if you haven't seen fantastic it. Fantastic show, very popular. It's doing really well. If you haven't seen it and you like knives and you like the idea of making stuff with your hands, go ahead and check it out. It comes on the History Channel on Tuesday nights. There's that plug. Boom. Right. There you go. So, uh, but I'm uh, also, I've hosted two other shows in the past for the military channel, Triggers oh, Weapons That Changed the World and Spec Ops Mission. It was nice. very popular with the younger uh, simunition or uh, what do you call it? Airsoft. Milsim. Milsim. Yeah. Milsim. Yeah. Not Airsoft. Not Airsoft. Milsim. You know, oh, and, sorry. Um, Is that yeah. a fashion faux pas? Yeah. yeah don't, don't you dare. Sorry. Are they two different things? Like, well, 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 simunitions and Milsim, yeah, I guess they yeah. are two different things. Sims hurt. Yeah, Sims hurt. So uh, I, I did those two shows, but I am a former Army Ranger and Air Force Pararescueman. I was in 3rd Ranger Battalion from 1994 to 1998. I cross-trained to the Air Force after I transitioned out of the Army. Uh, and Decided that, to go to better food, better quarters. Well, I wanted it easier, so I became an Air Force Pararescueman. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you saying being a Ranger is hard? No, man. It how, was, how hard... How hard is, is ranger school, would you say? Ranger school compared to what, though? Like, compared to... And, and compared to when? Like, I, I, I think that there's different challenges. You think so? Ranger school was tough. I don't know that I could do it today because I was a 19-year-old kid when I that went makes to ranger difference. school. And I could really just take anything and I could swallow any bit of BS and even shove down my throat. Now yeah. I have to eat... I need a nap yeah, in the afternoon. Yeah. They don't yeah. let you do that in Rangers. School? No, no. Well, no. then you, you do, do catch naps. naps. You, you do catch naps. You do catch naps, but usually they, if you get caught, it's it's a bad. They thing. throw you out, or they actually, you, you want to know why I recycle Florida phase of Ranger School? This is a funny thing. So I'm, here I am, class six ninety five. I'm in Florida phase of Ranger School, and I am uh, one of the squad leaders for an ambush that we're setting up. But I'm in charge of left and right security. So I put in my left security, I got right side security in, and uh, my guys are like down in the prone and I'm on a knee. And then next thing I know, I'm just waking up to left side security. <laughs> and they come and find us, all three of us. The three of us just <laughs> fell asleep on left side security. Is my fault. No go. You're out. Wow. Yeah. Just like that. Just... Well, you know, you have to finish the phase because, right. I mean, yeah. But then I was in the gulag for a week, and then I, I had to pick up with the next class. So. The gulag is like where you're waiting for the next cycle to kick off. Yeah. So what you they, stand there. Do they just lock you up in a in No, a room they basically make you clean toilets. Oh yeah, man, clean up rake rocks. Clean up oh. the clean up the reptile pen, the one where they have the alligator, they have yeah. a huge like that the huge 16 alligator. foot long that, alligator. You know, that, that alligator just died, did yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, I heard Not about that. Yeah. It's like this massive yeah, Big like John is alligator. Wait, well, why do they have an alligator there? As part of the reptile, uh, you know, because when you go there, they teach you about a little bit about, you know, what it is to operate in the swamp. It comes with the uh, environmental okay, brief. Okay. So, so as part of the environmental brief, they scare the shit out of everybody with an alligator. <laughs> hey, this so, is what's hey, going to so eat Josh, you. Hey, Josh, uh, announce again what we're talking about. And Yeah, so for those of you guys just tuning in, we've got actually quite a few few viewers here. That's awesome. Um, we're talking about transitioning from military life, being high-speed operators and badasses, and then moving into civilian life. So going from being a savage to then a gentleman, you know? And, and what that's like, because I imagine it's a pretty difficult adjustment. Well, I mean, 
One, I've transitioned out of the military a few times in my life. Uh, my dad was in the military. I was born in the Azores, which, uh, you know, largest field Air Force yeah. Base. And um, so when my dad transitioned out of the military, I was in high school. And I remember it being kind of rough, especially going from DOD schools to now the city schools and having to, like, you know, incorporate myself with people who just don't understand that lifestyle. So it was a rough transition, and I found myself immediately back into the military, you know, when I graduated high school. When I transitioned out of the Army, I had a pregnant wife, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I was 22 years old, I had been an Army Ranger, and I thought that I was the cat's meow, you know, and somebody's just going to give me a $50 an hour job to sure, do, yeah. like, personal <laughs> yeah. security just because. detail. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, that's the thing, though, because you take, and you take these guys that are, you know, with a ton of responsibility, right? You've got a young guy who's 22 years old, but, you know, he's going in, in into combat. He's commanding, oh, yeah. you know, units and stuff. You've got a very high-speed, you know, intelligent affluent individual and now they jump into civilian word and it's like hey guess what you're just a 22 yeah, year old punk again you can call for fire from a specter gunship you know you can you can direct mortar fire you can direct fire teams you can run a, a fire support line mm -hmm. you know what i mean you can fire a m1 uh, uh you know you can fire a law m136 at4 you've got all this technical knowledge and capability and and the reality is is that there's just no civilian equivalent no. to those jobs so when you transition out of the military you know, especially me at 22, I thought I was just going to jump right into a security job or something like yeah. that. It didn't work out And then you out find out way. it's like, hmm. Next thing you know, you're driving a freaking dump truck in a tight circle on a construction site for 10 so you, bucks So you got to remember, this is pre-war days. Mm -hmm. And you guys that are just tuning in right now, we've got a bunch of new watchers that are out there going on right now. You guys, you can hit us up. You can send in your questions. If you have questions for me or Josh, probably not so much for Josh. But you probably have some questions for Will. <laughs> talk to just the real, to, talk to the real military to, guys. I'm just, I'm just here but to be a professional. We, we want to hear your questions and your thoughts, and we can see it on the screen right there. We've got Zach, the spin master, back there. He makes all this stuff available. And then you guys that are new too, Harry's down there. He's answering a bunch of your questions, and he'll come up and grab us if we miss some of them. So we want to see your thoughts and your questions up there, and then of course share this with anybody that you think. I don't know, may find it of value or entertaining. And, or and we'd love to hear, because I'm sure we have a pretty large military following watching this. What's your transition like? You know, what was yeah. it like for you if you're out or if you're still in? What are your plans? But, you know, what was that process like? Because I'm sure everyone's story is different. We'd love to hear it. And if you're having some issues making that transition, shoot us an email, hit us up. You know, if there's any way, I mean, I can't help you because I don't know anything about that. But these guys have yeah. done it. They've lived it. They know what it's all about. So... Send in, send in those thoughts and questions. And, and I think a bunch of you guys may be tuning in from uh, part of the Ranger Up audience as well. So if you oh, are, nice. hats off to you guys. You'll notice one of the uh, Ranger Up designs for oh, Savage Gentlemen. This really is like the live show for Savage Gentlemen. So we're teaming up with those guys. So I don't know. Let's, let's hear your stuff. So there's one question on there. Were we all Rangers? The uh, answer to that is no. No, I'm, I'm the odd man out here. Uh, we, you went to ranger school. I went to ranger school. I was never a ranger. I was an SF guy my entire time for 28 years. You know what, man? <laughs> That's that. integrity right there. That's integrity. There's you know how many guys never... I've met that are like, oh, man, I was a ranger. I'm like, yeah, what battalion? Well, I was never in battalion. And, and, and then they're like, oh, no, I was, uh, I was and, in a, with and, a LERSH and, unit and, in the 82nd. You're like, yeah, you I'm, And I'm then. very sensitive <laughs> to this. It's interesting is because, like, there are rangers that have not been to ranger school. Yeah. And there are oh, guys really? who have been to oh, ranger yeah. school huh. 
They were never Rangers. I went to Ranger school. I'm Ranger qualified. I was never a Ranger. That's the word. And I want to clarify this for everybody, okay? Ranger school is a qualification, a qualification course. It is a leadership qualification course. You cannot wear the green tabs on your lapels That's in the right. Army, in the Ranger Battalion, unless you go to Ranger school. But you can certainly be a Ranger as a private, as an E1, nothing, with no stripes, that's how I showed up there. Huh. I was born yeah. and bred and raised, and we called it that back then, raised in the battalion, raised yeah. in the regiment. You could have guys come from other places, but they were like implants. Right. You know, like, oh my God, he's coming here with that 82nd knowledge. Like, what's he, <laughs> it's going to infect us all. You know I mean? <laughs> so, so um, you know, being a ranger, you have to be in the 75th Ranger Regiment to be a ranger. Otherwise, you're just ranger qualified. Just ran and that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll that's tell right. you what, like ranger school, like I was already in SF when I went to ranger school. I was actually an E5 mm -hmm. when I went and um, learned a ton. We, we went right around the same time. Yeah, right around. We were comparing yeah. notes and yeah. it was pretty close to the same time. I graduated class 795. I started ranger school class 695, but I went to pre-ranger for class 595. I was 19 <laughs> years old. I was a knucklehead. I recycled pre-ranger. I recycled Florida phase. And I don't think you really get the full effect of how much ranger school sucks unless you recycle a phase. There you go. I'm not well, saying go for it. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a different thing. Um, and for, you know, for those of you civilian folk that don't know much about ranger school, we actually have a clip uh, highlighting a little bit of that. Can you, <laughs> can you play that real fast for oh, us, Zach? Yeah. Just to give you an idea you of what these guys went through. Are you a high-speed jet machine trapped in a douchebag body? Then cut the bullshit. Pick your vagina off the ground and go to Sorry, we had to throw that one in there. That's just a little, that's pretty accurate, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. We've got a, gr a ton, ton of, of great questions. A ton of great, great questions. I just saw one. Somebody asked, they said, hey, uh, did being a ranger make the transition to a pararescue any, any easier? And I'm going to go ahead and say no. I was in command-directed anger management when I was in the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, me, I really, I really brought an aggressive personality to a career field that is... Uh, fairly level-headed and 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 uh, and <laughs> and uh, they're they're deeper thinkers, I think. Okay. It, it, it PJs are, and you know me <laughs> coming there with my rangerness, it, it kind of threw off the vibe a lot, a lot of times. And and I wish I had been a little bit more um, mellow. Mellow. Yeah. That's, less that's a good less rangery. <laughs> less anger man management. Got um, like. There's, <laughs> there's a there's, there's a, a great comment. Yeah, asking about up. camaraderie and how do you. 
you know, how do you find camaraderie outside of the military? Oh, interesting. And, you know, and it's that's a great question because, like, Josh and I get along fantastic. Josh has never been in the mill, but, you know, professional fighter, professional athlete. So it's like all of a sudden you can you can latch on a bunch of those similarities. You, you know what? I, th I think that uh, transitioning out of the military is so difficult because there is an indoctrination process. They turn you into a warrior. They give you that warrior mindset. And then when you leave, there's no, like, Hey, here's how you. No here's how you get the civilian mindset back. And uh, you know, if you were in the military longer than you were a civilian, say you went in when you're 18, yeah. and now you're getting out after 25 or 30 years, it's all you know how to be. Mm -hmm. So uh, camaraderie, man. There are a lot of groups and organizations out there. I actually really got motivated with the direction of this documentary back mm -hmm. here at a ranger breakfast in Denver. So I'd already driven halfway across the country. And I went to a ranger breakfast, and it was just a bunch of guys who get together every Saturday, and they sit down and they share a meal. Nice. And you know what? There's something about that chow hall-style setting mm -hmm. where everybody's just kind of throwing food back and forth across the table, you know, just kind of talking like that and just being in that family setting that really made me start to feel a little bit more comfortable in my own skin because I had gotten away from who I was, and I was doing the TV thing, right. and, and I was trying not to be the poster child military guy yeah. so that I could be successful in my new career. I thought that's what it took, was stepping away from who I really was, when in reality, I should have been embracing mm -hmm. you know, who I was and where I came from and looking for people with a similar like mindset. Yeah. When you start you know, trying to force relationships, that's, I think that's when it, it turns into a problem. Right. And, and so, there's a lot of communities out there. I mean, you were just on the, the Drinking Bros podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, that'll be coming out at some point. Yeah. And that, that's actually a group, you know, that, that guys can get together mm -hmm. and hang out and have a few beers. And there's a ton of things out there. There's a new one coming up called High Caliber Community. Um, keep an eye out for that. That's a really cool one for vets um, and military people to connect. So there's a lot of stuff, but I think it's about, I, I would imagine you have to kind of put yourself out there a little bit. And that's probably hard for you know, guys that are generally pretty tough and pretty reserved, right? Yeah, and we're also kind of no bullshit kind of guy. Look, I'm gonna, I'll be the first to tell you, I am the most highly trained, non-combat tested freaking dude, <laughs> like in the world. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Army Ranger, Air Force Pararescueman, almost 15 years of service, a lifetime of combatives. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I never got deployed. I didn't go to Afghanistan. I didn't go to Iraq. You know what I mean? And it's just one of those timing things. So I had a lot of confidence issues, too. Sure. Like, you know, I, I really felt like this untested guy or right. that I wasn't worthy of, of any of the work that, that I was putting in or any of the accolades that were coming my way. Um, so being myself was, like, a really hard thing, you know? Like, I didn't want to be the guy that was, like, you know, a, a chest thumper. Right. Um, and I think when you get away from that kind of stuff, you know, that's good, but you also have to embrace who you are at the end of it. And you have to embrace your brothers. I, I just saw a comment. Somebody said he hasn't been able to find the camaraderie. He's been out for five years, hasn't been able to find that com camaraderie because civilians are so sensitive. They're so sensitive. Yeah. But aren't we too? <laughs> but aren't we too a little bit sensitive? Like, yeah. you just sensitive gotta, in a different way. Yeah. What did you say to me? Yeah. What did you huh? say to me? What yeah. the heck? Yeah. We're sensitive too, man. And look, here's the thing, man. If your friends can't forgive you for who you are at the heart of things and, and you can't be a little bit uh, uh, 
uh, considerate of them, mm-hmm. then, then you're not really friends anyway, and you could probably do away with those guys. And Scott, right. and Scott you, you brought up a great thing. He joined the, uh, the American Legion. You know, there's a couple of different great mm-hmm. places out there. There's the VFW. There's the American Legion. There's the DAV that's out there where a group of guys get together. And anymore, it's not just a group of, like, these old dudes sitting around telling fish stories. I mean, it's yeah. like a much younger crowd that's engaged there. Lots of lots of camaraderie to be found there, as well as like Ready Man. We've got a yeah, ton of Ready Man's a great one with yeah. uh, with our show there on Thursdays. So you've also got like Team Red, White, and Blue, which actively uh, supports basically events where they bring military mm-hmm. and civilians together for the specific, you know, purpose of 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 uh, kind of getting that interaction going. Yeah. you know what I mean, and introducing military members to civilians who really truly truly support them. And in today's day and age, that's really important. When you, when you talk about the number of, of personnel who served mm-hmm. in the military compared to our total population, yeah, less it's, than 1%. it's easy small. for veterans to get lost in the weeds. It's True. a very small percentage. And then you start looking at social media and, and you know what is attracting American attention today. And it's always some BS flash in the pan thing that's going on in the moment, but veterans are here every day. Right. There are guys <clears throat> transitioning mm-hmm. out of the military every single day. And they have been since we decided to become a united country. Mm-hmm. We cannot continue to ignore our veterans. You want to know why there's 22 suicides a day? Look at every day between the time that guy got out of service until the day that the act was committed and see how he was interacting with the world around him and how the world interacted with him. These are things that need to be addressed. The 22, mm-hmm. it's a number. It's something to look at. It's, it's devastating. But what's happening for all those days in between right. leading up to that. And day. I think that's too, it's where, it's where we've got to build the community. We've got to reach out to guys and help them out as much as we can. And you kind of did that with your documentary that uh, when you're driving across, it was yeah. like a cathartic experience where you're driving. Yeah, I rode the motorcycle across country and it was very cathartic. Well, that much time on the road alone, you have a lot of time to think about wh- yeah. where your life is, mm-hmm. the direction you're going. You know, What are you hanging on to that you can let go of? Uh, and and I got to reconnect with my family as well. I, you know, we're spread all over the place. So I'm stopping and I'm seeing the people that really care and love about me and can understand me yeah. and who I am. Yep. I'm not reaching out to Joe Schmuckadella, who I work with for like the last two months, you know, to say, hey, I'm having a, a problem. I'm reaching out to my brother. Mm-hmm. I'm reaching out to my yeah, sister. That's great. I'm reaching out to uh, other veterans like Marty Scovlin and... and, and um, and uh, Andrew Bennett, you know what I mean, who were Rangers, and they, you know they've been there in the do, and they've transitioned mm-hmm. out of the military, and they are very active in their communities. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So these are guys that I look to for inspiration. So let's let's watch the video yeah. about yeah, the documentary. Got a, we've got the trailer for the your Indiegogo mm-hmm. campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's play that to get to give you folks kind of an idea of what we're talking about, what this project is all about. This is the transition. Project? Yes. Yeah, the transition project on Indiegogo. But like, once you watch it, you'll see why I need a little help. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's roll that, Zach. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Will Willis. I am a former Army Ranger and Air Force pararescueman, and currently a television show host. And last year, I filmed a documentary about veteran transition on a cross-country motorcycle ride. And I need your help finishing that documentary. I'll give you more details after this trailer. If you like what you see, stick around. Close camera gear. 
grown. Those items have to somehow puzzle together on the back of my motorcycle. New bike, new rules. Uh, <laughs> we just wanted to. We just wanted to pause for effect. I just want to pause for effect. There's Whoa, some sexy nipples this, on this that guy. guy. <laughs> you must work out, huh? Not much. Not no? much. No, no. That's all no. natural. I'm Greek. Oh, it happened that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jealous. All right, keep it going. All right, Zach. keep it going. <laughs> About 15 miles away from my destination, and I ran out of gas. It's not really built for the type of trip that I'm doing. So here I am, pushing the bike. I'm doing it either. Sometimes that's what you gotta do. The magnitude of driving across the United States on a motorcycle. My brother uh, just the idea of it is pretty daunting. But then I have to consider why I'm doing My brother standing it. And there's a lot of different reasons. She's waiting for me to feel again. The news was saying stay in your house and keep the AC on at 78. But I just couldn't do that. This is the very definition of what it means to transition. Uh, U.S. Army, I was uh, basically a second or third ACR, based out of Fort Worth. You're going 100 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, you just come to a full stop. First Ranger Battalion from 2006 to 2010. And you don't have any place to charge the battery or refuel the tank. Four combat rotations to Afghanistan and um, exited service after that. So you got to figure it out. I couldn't couldn't get that same feeling again that I got 1989 running through battle in the streets of Panama. And that's the hard part. This is the shit that we go through. People who've freaking done and been part of all this shit. We literally stop feeling. That's the hard part. Salvation lies in your love. My salvation lies in your love. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, man. Yeah, that's 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 pretty intense. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I it went a little bit more uh, serious than than I thought that it was going to go. I'm I'm a clown around guy. I like to clown around. I like to cut up. I like to joke. Um, but for some reason, man, every time I interviewed somebody, uh, guys just, they just wanted to pour their hearts out. Uh, Andrew Bennett uh, was one of the Rangers, one of the four Rangers who recovered all of the bodies from the Extortion 17 crash, you know, okay. where we lost, uh, you know, uh, basically an entire team yeah. of Navy yep. SEALs, uh, two pararescuemen, combat controller. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was 30, you know, 31 personnel. And, and uh, you know, when I was talking to him, I, he actually did the interview twice. We did it once in Albuquerque. The lighting and the sound wasn't right. Mm -hmm. And then he was going to be with his family on vacation in California. He drove from the hotel early in the morning to my place, set up, did the interview again. And, you know, he just talked for like an hour and 42 minutes. And you want to, wow. and, and he's somebody who was involved in his community. He's part of the, uh, the Purple Heart Foundation in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Wow. And here's a guy that had a lot of trouble who's really working towards helping other veterans and, and in a way helping himself as well. Yeah, we're getting a ton of questions, almost more than we can keep up with. But, you know, one of the big things that I'm, that I'm seeing is people are actually, you know, inquiring as to 
what can they do? What advice would you give? You know, because we've got some people that have commented they're out and they can't find that camaraderie or they're getting ready to get out, I think someone said, and they're terrified of mm -hmm. the thought of becoming a civilian. Like, how do you reconcile you that? You know what? Think about the camaraderie. For me, I say think about the camaraderie that you had before you went in. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what were your strongest relationships and what were they based on? You know what I mean? They were kind of based on a history of knowing somebody or, or somebody that you were involved in sports with. Like, all yeah. your buddies from the high school, you all played sports together. You ran around together. You went to classes together. One of the best things that ever happened to me, I went back to college. Yeah, I went back to college and and I was a full time college student working at a gym part time, and uh, you know it forced me to kind of interact with people that I wouldn't sure. normally yeah. interact mm -hmm. with in a very controlled <laughs> setting where I couldn't strangle them. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, there were a lot of times I wanted to strangle oh, yeah. somebody. So uh, so you know and and you and you get to know and I went to a school that was very diverse. You know, a lot of people from other countries, you know, go into that school as well, and and you kind of. In order to be successful in that school, I had to learn how to work with and, and, and talk with these people. So I forced myself into a situation where I had to adapt and I had to meet new people. Mm -hmm. And like sometimes forcing yourself to do that is, is, is a good thing. Yeah. You know? Well, it's like taking yourself, any, anytime we can take ourselves outside of our comfort mm -hmm. level, I mean, we grow. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean? yeah. And it's like, it's so easy to get embedded. Like I... In between my active duty time in there, I was a I was a cop there for a while, mm -hmm. and it was it was you would think that like a lot of cops would be you know be like more it be should be similar right should be similar but but coming out of special operations, it, it wasn't yeah. there was like one dude that. that I it was like we could see eye to eye and everybody else was like. Uh, well, plus there's the, there's the shared history. There's the shared strife. I mean, yeah. who do you share strife with in the civilian well, world? Well, exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? You're not sharing strife with somebody. Like, you know, a buddy from that I live near can say, hey, man, I need a little help with my Vespa. Vespa. I'll go help him with my Vespa and with his Vespa. And that's like shared strife to him. But to me, it's just yeah. like, like, hey, man, you just needed a jump start. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. You know what I mean? But, but uh, you know, you have to, you have to be open. To, I think as a, you have to be open-minded and say, okay, this person doesn't get it. Yeah. Otherwise, they would have been in the military too. That's a good point. You know what I mean? There yeah. are different types of people. And military, you know, warriors are drawn to a military lifestyle. People with the warrior spirit, male, female, gay, straight, I don't care who you are, you're mm -hmm. drawn to that because you have a warrior spirit. Not everybody and, and, has that. And you can, you can find it. You can find it outside the mill. But, I mean, you got to... But part of that is you got to break outside your shell. You got to look in some of the most unconventional places. So, like the story I like to tell guys is, you know, I'm known for loving the AK, and I did a bunch of stuff with the AK and carried it for years an and AK. years. And like the guy who, the single guy that taught me the most about AKs was a redneck from the mountains of Arkansas really? that had never done any <clears throat> type of service for anything <laughs> ever. Like barely made it between paychecks and this guy had a phenomenal mm -hmm. and so it's just one of those you've got to you, you know you, you got to get out there and, and get outside your rough if i'd blown this guy off for being like well, you're a redneck what do you know about ak's i'm an army guy then i wouldn't have learned like half of what i know if it hadn't been for that guy so you know what you can find those people that are out there and you guys you guys that are just tuning in right now you guys and gals that are just tuning in right now We've got Hill or Will, sorry, from uh, you've probably seen him from Forge from Fire, and he also is putting out a documentary called The Transition Project that we're talking out talking about a little bit right now, as well as like the transition. We've got Veterans Day coming up this weekend. The transition from 
veterans, you know, from military service into civilian life and just, you know, some tips of the trade guys that there's guys that have made it. There, there are success stories. There are, there are, uh, there are failures. And, and to tell you the truth, nobody is just a, a success right out of the gate. No, I, I, I don't sure care who you. Time, there's going right? to be setbacks. Yeah. Everybody's going to get kicked in the chones a little bit. <laughs> like that's just yes. going to happen. You but know? that's good. Yeah, and and you need it because you know what? I came out barrel chested and cocky and. Th- I came out of active duty Air Force with a signed television show contract. Like, I was cocky. Bam. I was like, I got this on lock. <laughs> a year and a half later, I was driving a taxi cab. No lie, making $12 in 12 hours, like living in my truck and hiding wow. it at the airport from the repo man. I lost my house. I lost my marriage. I lost wow. my family. Like, I know what it is to go down that dark road. I know what it is to be the guy passing out at the party in the middle of a crowd of people, you can't afford to pay your rent, but you can afford a six pack of beer. Yep. You know what I mean? And and being, you know, I did numb myself for a long time. I know what it is to be there, but I also know that it all it takes is for somebody to reach down, grab your hand, and say, "Look, bro, get your shit together." Is that Here's what how it, you're gonna do? Is it. that what it took for you? Because I'm sure we've got some people wondering. They may be in that place. You know. You know what? What was that catalyst for I, you? I actually started working for a company full time. Uh, it was a Navy SEAL owned company, and uh, the owner he had no reason to give me a job. I called him. I said, "I need a full time job, and I need it now." I'd done some contract work for him before, and I had really run up against some some things that I couldn't handle on my own. Mm-hmm. And I was desperate, and he said, the day you show up here in Virginia Beach, you got a job. And I worked for that company and still work periodically as an independent consultant for that company. And some of the best friends that I've ever, Bill Harris, Jess Fender, John Genota, you know, these are all Navy guys. I have an Army and Air Force background, you know what I mean? These yeah. are Navy guys <laughs> yeah. who stepped in and helped me out. Dr. Steve Hatfill, what an amazing, amazing person, man. Mm. And, you know, all of these guys are hardcore veterans uh, who understand what it is to have that tight-knit community yeah. and to look out for each other. And uh, I really, in, in spouses too, Lori Lukovic was a military spouse. Mm. She was kind of the, 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 the lady that handled all of it. I lived with her. For like a year while wow. I kind of got my shit together. And that's what you need. You need mm-hmm. somebody that's, you need to work with the people who are willing to reach out and help you and not bite that hand that's trying to feed you. And it's hard hey, not hold, to sometimes. Hold on a sec. So Brendan O'Leary, hey, most vets aren't a special operators. Who are you trying to reach? To answer your question, trying to reach everybody that's out there that's listening. Obviously, we're talking about vets. But the guy on the left pretty much shit on vets who are cops. <laughs> I was a vet and I was a cop. <laughs> so no, I wasn't. That's not what I was saying. Uh, so let me, let me allow to elaborate. What I was saying was it's one of those things where it, it, you're not always understood by the other cops that are there. Mm-hmm. That didn't made them bad guys. Yeah. That, that's not what I'm trying to say at all. I was it's a narcotics, different. I was a narcotics officer for four years up in Seattle buying dime bags of heroin and uh, crack. <laughs> so at one point in my life, I had long hair. It was down here doing that for four years until the war kicked off. So actually, no, you need to listen again. I wasn't shitting on cops or on vets. It was like, because I was one of those guys. I hate uh, cops. What I was saying was, <laughs> so, so cops Josh, are the worst. Josh brought up a, another one. Yeah, well, police officers, on the other hand, are fantastic. The most common mistake you guys have seen as entrepreneurs is brand new veterans. 
And I, I would have question. to say, like, as yeah. an entrepreneur, the biggest mistake, at least that I've seen, is we expect too much and we forget we forget our roots. Our roots are established in like a day-to-day grind, like mm-hmm. life in Ranger Battalion, life in group, or even life as a professional fighter is a day-to-day grind. And then, and I think a lot of guys, they've got a great idea. They're like, I've got the coolest hat on planet Earth, and it's going to be a slam dunk. And it's like, guess what, man? It, It's not. It rarely is. Even Black Rifle Coffee, you know, we're in the Black Rifle Coffee building here in Salt Lake City, Utah, and it's and it's done tremendous growth. Guess what? There Evan's a, been grinding. He's been, been grinding coffee for like the last four or five years. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it, not like something that just it's not overnight. wasn't an overnight yeah. success. Rome, Rome wasn't built in a day. I mean, yeah. insert your cliche. You know, it takes time um, to to really do anything. And let's see. Yeah. So thanks, Josh, for that from Funker Five Thirty. Glad you guys are tuning in, all the Funker Five Thirty folks. Uh, thanks for joining us. In case you're just tuning in, we're we're getting pretty deep into this thing. But we've got Will Willis here. He is um, eh, kind of a big deal. You know, Forged in Fire. You may have seen. It's fantastic. Like the only. It's a really cool. It's the show. only reality can show we, that can I watch. Talk about Forged in Fire. Yeah, man. You, we can talk about Forged in Fire. Because, just remember that this whole podcast is, you know, it's about the transition from military to civilian life but obviously the many, show is but, part of that but how many how many vets have you gotten on uh unfortunate fire we we've had quite a few vets like old school army vets i mean we've had master smiths that are veterans on wow. the show uh we had um dr kyle gahagan who was a, a ranger battalion guy oh, no kidding. yeah who does uh who does forging for veterans as oh, ptsd cool. therapy and it's all free there are a lot of a lot of guys that have come on the show oh, that's uh cool. uh Chris uh, Rowley was just on the show, also a ranger. And I, you know what? I do play favorites, okay? My Ranger Battalion brothers <laughs> are my Ranger Battalion brothers, you know what I mean? It's, you know, they're, they're, they're called Bat Boys for a reason, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, let's see. Anthony Nelson wants to know, so has the oak tree failure? We're still swinging the axe, brother. It's the nice. oak tree. What's I like the oak it. Tree? It's, a, it's, it's an analogy. A, it's that, an analogy. Go ahead, Josh. Well, just the, just the idea of, you know, you got to just keep swinging the axe to chip away, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is you're trying to go through, whether that's a struggle or whether that's a goal, you know, you're very few, unless you're Paul Bunyan, are going to chop that thing down with one fell swoop. I use the Everest analogy. Okay. You know what I mean? Everybody has a dream, you know what I mean? But like, if you want to climb Everest, you want to get to the top of that mountain, guess what you got to do? You got to take every step between here and there. Yep. And it is a long haul. Yeah. There's no gondola. There's no ski lift. You You can't do it alone. That's you true. cannot do it alone. That's you need those point. Sherpas. You need those base camps. I mean, yeah, Sir Edmund Hillary did not climb that mountain by himself. Yes. And if anybody ever tells you he did, they're <laughs> a liar, okay? And, and that's another thing I think that we need to realize is that we are so much more powerful as a collective. That's right. As a collective than we are as individuals. Nobody's individually successful. I am not individually successful. You're not individually successful. Nobody does it on their own. You need a team. Everybody needs a team. You need a community. You need a family. When we started getting so wrapped up in how important we were to Mm -hmm. the world as individuals, we lost our connection to one another, in my opinion. Because guess what? At the end of the day, I'm going to die. I'm going to die one day. We all are. And I'm guaranteeing you that within two generations, maybe one generation, my grandkids aren't coming to my gravestone. You know what I mean? It's all about moving forward, moving mm-hmm. forward. You can't mm-hmm. live in the past, yep. and we got to work together towards a better so, tomorrow, and that's what the veteran... I, I, I like, Alex, Alex has got a great comment. Okay. Yeah, yeah so Alex Kendall's got a great comment. He's like, what are some ideas to feel the rush 
again, obviously without getting into a gunfight. I wrecked my motorcycle in L.A. two days ago. That's I cool. got a little scuffed up. That, that, that kind of did it. And, and I'm not kidding. That one? When I wrecked it, what, there was a dude on the street who was like, damn, that was some Jason Bourne shit. Because my chest hit. And I don't know what happened, but I was like, it was like somebody picked me up and put me on my feet because my chest hit. I landed on my feet and I walked it out. Oh, I'm not kidding. Just that sh- man, yeah, I wish yeah. somebody was filming that. Dude, that my bike amazing. just kept going, and I kind of landed on my feet and I walked over to the truck to cut me off. That's kind of like, like that. Like it's kind of like that. Uh, what's that video you see on Facebook where the dude slips down the, the stairs? The dude gets hit. No. Yeah, he, he hits the back he hits of the car and he flips flip. over, oh. lands on his feet. Yeah. He's kind of like, he's like, what the hell? Did that just happen? I felt the exact same way. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Zach, go up to, uh, I believe it was Daniel Shields had a really good one. Yeah. So uh, veterans struggling to adapt should try to teach and inspire others. Uh, he says he's had a very difficult time his first four years out until he started trying to mentor young guys to better themselves. Nothing is more rewarding than helping others, and it puts a vet in a humble mindset, which we need more of uh, fresh out of active life. Mentorship. Mentorship, mentorship. Very it's what's cool. missing from leadership and companies nowadays. You know what I mean? Yeah. This idea yeah. that you can take somebody who's new and you can shepherd their transition or you can shepherd their career. You know what I mean? There's not mentorship like like uh, in, in the military world. In the military mm-hmm. world, here's your team leader. And guess what? When I got a new guy in the Ranger Battalion, I raised that dude. And it was called raising my boy. You know, yeah. I'm raising this yeah. guy. I'm raising him up to be a good mm-hmm. ranger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You had that mentorship. You had that step-by-step guidance every day. And that also built camaraderie and mm-hmm. built relationships. Yep. And it built in the type of um, relationship where if you had a problem, even if it was a personal problem, I could be like, hey, man, you know, I'm having What's this going issue. On? What's going on? Well, and, and, yeah. and I think that's something that's miss- missing in our society yep. as a whole. You know, we don't have those established mentorship i mean now when people get old we kind of just shuffle them away and and you know it's really it's really sad there's a lot of knowledge to be gained and i'm not saying jeff you're old but (laughs) when you know part of part of the allure for me coming here was mentoring under guys like Mm -hmm. you and evan and some of the other Mm -hmm. you know really really squared away guys like for me as, as a younger dude trying to figure out my way through life and you know what better than to have a military guy who's seen you know, just about everything that could be seen kind of show you the ropes. I think it's phenomenal. So Tommy Flynn has that. a question. He said, yeah. how can civilians help transition, transitioning oh, veterans? Nice. Okay, first of all, don't look at them like they're sick. <laughs> okay? I mean, it's, it's not like this guy's every, every single veteran has, you know, some extreme form of PTSD that he has to overcome. I'm not saying that, that doesn't happen, but not every single guy has that. Do, you, do veterans tend to live at a heightened state of alertness? Absolutely. Sure. Understand that. I mean, and, and veterans need to understand that, like, hey, man, this is the real this is the real world. You probably don't need to live with that zero defect mindset anymore. And then if you're a civilian, just understand that a guy might have a zero defect mindset. You know, in the military, you're doing yeah. a free fall operation. You know, a, a, a misrouted cable could kill somebody. Mm-hmm. You cannot have those defects. Zero defect environment. Right, right. And that's I'm kind of known for that in... Even on well, and show, I think, and I think that's, that's probably wrong, that's why wrong, so many wrong. vets end up as police officers, mm-hmm. police officers, firefighters, EMTs, paramedics, because now all of a sudden it's Sheep it's dog. that it's that 
cheap dog and it's that camaraderie and that teamwork that goes into that. You know, Colonel Dave Grossman talks about it. I know we're getting off track, but Colonel Dave Grossman talks about that triangle of existence, the sheepdog, the wolf, and the sheep. And everybody exists somewhere on those lines. And uh, usually not in the extremes, but I think we've gotten it to the point now where, where you know, you can take a sheepdog, but he'll never be a sheep. And right. you have to just be yeah. okay with that. Mm -hmm. I will never be one of you. But that doesn't mean that I'm not part of this whole dynamic. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, and absolutely. the sheep have to realize the same thing. You're never going to understand exactly what that sheepdog is thinking. He's a different breed. He's a different animal. All right? Hey, but that doesn't mean that you can't hey, Zach, understand it. Scroll up there a little bit. There was. Uh, is that from Adam? So actually, uh, go up a little bit. Yeah, so Adam yep. Barnett is uh, actually a buddy of mine from back home. We used to uh, train jiu-jitsu together. And oh, no kidding. He wants to know so about the Savage Gentleman. The Savage Gentleman shirt that Ranger Up uh, yep. is putting this out. Is, this is a Ranger Up version. This is one of their designs. Uh, we, we have Savage Gentleman here, but we teamed up with those guys. No, it's not military-centric. It's, it's, a, it's a mindset thing. It's not a... Uh, military thing yeah there's a bunch of military guys that like it because you know because it sounds cool but but it's a mindset thing it's not a military centric thing so it's not like stolen valor yeah or yeah and we had actually like someone email us about that as well you can wear savage gentleman stuff you will not get dinged for no. stolen valor unless you're just a raging douchebag and then then What's i'll the come and find you, you have? Let, let's say a movie character movie character best best savage gentleman you've ever seen oh that's movie a character. that's a good question uh, i got it William Wallace, Braveheart, Savage Gentleman. Oh, there you go. Savage Gentleman will fight tooth and nail for the things that I believe in and have conviction for the things that I love. I will die for them. But that doesn't mean that I'm not intelligent. Right. It doesn't mean that I don't know That's the right. score. Yep, there you, you go. You know what I'm saying? That yep. doesn't mean that I don't understand that, you know, I might be cannon fodder. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? I, I mean, but I, I am savage when I have to be. Yeah. And I can be very nurturing and protective when I have to be as well. I mean, that's, fight for the things it. that you yep. love. Yep. All right. If it's not worth dying for, you probably don't love it. You just maybe, yeah. Yeah. Just, so go okay. ahead, Josh, scroll down. Let's yeah, what see else what else we other, have. We, we had another couple other good questions. Really good questions. Thanks for there. sending those in, everyone. Um, oh, Tyler Down says, I'm curious, how do you get your motivation back and get back in the swing of things? Punch yourself in the face eight <laughs> times every morning until it comes back. Wow. That's mindset. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Just like and we've got a we've got a couple guys. We must have a bunch of cops on here. Roger Park, twenty three year cop here, and then Captain McGee. Plenty of warriors out there who haven't been able to serve. Yeah, absolutely. You guys that are out there, like law enforcement, we're very very yep. pro law enforcement yep. here. Like having been a former cop myself, I was married to a former cop, or, or am married to a former cop that it's uh, that's out there as well. So absolutely, like a lot of guys that are transitioning from the military. You know, being a police officer, it's a great place to go. Um, if you're coming from some of the more more high intensity units, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to downshift a little bit. You know, until you find that group that's in the PD where you're at, and you take it off. A good buddy of mine, he's a chief of police up in Ogden City, former 19th Group Special Forces Commander out there. Fantastic guy, Captain or uh, Chief Watt that's out there. So there are stuff that's out there. I've got a good buddy of mine. He's a paramedic. And he's been doing that. He loves it because of the intensity and, and thinking on his feet. And, and every day is a little bit different up in Seattle. That's Nick Benchwald. I don't know if Nick's watching. But you guys, there's, there's lots that you can do. And then we've also found that even in business as an entrepreneur, it's, it's gotten to where like every day is different. Every day is actually really intense. Every day is 
trying to figure out new questions or figure out new solutions to problems that constantly spring up. So there's, there's actually, there's a lot to do. Just engage your brain with, and get a little bit of cleverness in there. You'd be surprised. And, and, you know, I think that the struggle not to minimize what you guys go through, but I think it's something that every man goes through at some point, just making that transition from an occupation to no longer having that occupation, whether it's military, whether you're, you know, a, a rancher, whether you're a fighter, whatever that is, you know, we all get old at some day and can no longer do. Can I address Dave, a question? Dave okay. Shields. Dave Shields. This I is. I, I hate this fucking question. This I is, hate this uh, question. But it's a great question. It's a valid question because it comes up. It Old comes up from time to time. It's like, how do you respond to things that thank you for your service? I mean, I, I just tell people, hey, thanks for your thanks for your service, because more often than not, it's other guys that are EMS, police, fire, some, or other military guys that are saying it. And so I, 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 like every police officer ever, I say, hey, thanks for your service. If it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't have been able to do what we were doing overseas. I say you're welcome. Or say you're welcome. There you go. I say fair. you're welcome. That's fair. You know and, what I mean? You thank me for something, I'm going to say yeah, you're welcome. Why if not? I feel like why you're not? welcome too. You are welcome to my service. You're welcome to my service. I gave it freely with nothing but love in my heart. You're fucking welcome. You're welcome. I think that's fair. You know that's what? Fair. And people are like, that's a dick thing to say. I'm like, why the <laughs> fuck are you? Don't. You're okay. You can say it. You can say it. Like, why are you and then the me? second one is, like, if you kill anybody, I laugh and I and I look at them and I say, no. Well, here's the thing. Because, because first of all, it shows no respect. It for shows the other no combat. respect. So it's it's yeah, like yeah. you know what? There's nobody like we're in a building full of vets. I don't think that question has ever been asked or answered in the history of all that. What do we got? Almost 50 Jeez, vets running a ton. around this building. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't throw it's, a dead cat without hitting a veteran around so here. So it's like one of those things where I just look at people, I'll laugh, or I'll say, no. Because you know what? <laughs> it's none of their business. So yeah. and people who know, don't ask. So there you go. You know, uh, here we go. We got Funker530 saying, when you fail, accept it, stand back up, and try to fail a little less the next That's time. That's right. Fail Everybody faster. fails. Everybody Failing fails. is succeeding. Yep. If, if you're not failing, then you're not getting better. You're yeah. Not, I mean, look, every obstacle in your life, especially when you hit, like, my age, I'm 43 years old. The obstacles in my life Young man. are created you by... You good, man. You look good. Thanks, man. Thanks, Mom. That's Thanks, Dad. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's good genetics right I'm there. I'm Greek. I'm That's Greek. Good. I'm That's Greek. Good. I'm Greek. No, that's just good, clean living, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm sure I pickled most of this oh, that's <laughs> with, one way with liquor. Um, but uh, like the obstacles that are in people's lives, especially when you, when you become a grown person and you have a family, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the times there are obstacles that are created yourself. They're either in your own mind or they're things that you can, if you apply, you know, put your mind to it and agree that, you know, some things can just kind of be... <laughs> There's some things in your world that you're taking way too seriously. Yeah. This whole NFL thing, uh, yeah, NFL means not for long. I said it on the other podcast. I'll say <laughs> it again, dude. Like, who cares? Right. Who yeah. cares? Like, uh, these guys aren't. They don't want to. They don't want to stand up for the national anthem. That's fine. That doesn't mean you have to follow their example because mm. it's a bad example. Yeah, think okay. for yourself. You know what I mean? Think for yourself. Okay. You you have to, as an adult, filter your world. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really important. And um, and yeah. TD Pole says you look 27. Oh, thank you. Wow. Thank you. TD Pole. What, how old is, TD how old is Josh? Yeah how, does, yeah, how old do I look? I don't know. I've been, that I've means, been ridden hard and put up that, wet. That means, so. Josh, uh, <laughs> that means Josh over there looks like he's about 15. What? Only when I shave. Only when I shave. I look like a baby. Oh, hello. Dun, 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 and then we just lost all our viewers. Good job, Zach. Way to go. Gosh. Terrible idea. All right, so 
tell us a little bit more about the transition project. So the transition. When's it coming out? What, okay, it's not coming out. That's that's what the whole uh, uh, the whole crowdfunding campaign okay. is about. I've got about a almost a terabyte of footage that I got in 15 days. Everything from helmet cam footage to drones to the dozen interviews that are each in excess of an hour. Wow. You know, I've got to filter all this stuff down into a uh, what do you want to call it? A palatable mm -hmm. uh, a length of time, yeah. maybe an hour and a half, ninety-minute documentary would even be pushing it, and 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 get a story together. Now that takes editing mm -hmm. and it takes time, and to have anything professionally done, you know, and, and to be done, you can have three things three ways. You know, fast, mm -hmm. cheap, and good. I tell Jeff fast, this cheap, all the time. Pick he doesn't two. believe me. Pick two. If you want it fast and good, it ain't going to be cheap. Yep. If you want it uh, good and cheap, it sure as hell isn't going to be fast. Yep. And if it's freaking fast and not good, you know, good. it's not. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, if, yeah. It's, if it's fast and cheap, it ain't going to be good. Yep. So the reality is, is that I'm looking for funds, or I'm trying to generate enough funds to one hire a professional editing team. Mm -hmm. I need to reshoot some of the interviews because, quite frankly, I'm not a cinematographer. I'm not a sound guy. It I looked did good. it. On it looks my, good. Yeah. It looks. Well, and you know what? We <laughs> may have found we, we may we may know some people. I'm just saying. Ex exactly. And and the idea is just to. And I'm raffling off my motorcycle, by the way. Ooh. A live raffle for Where the Triumph Thruxton 900 that I page, rode Zach. across the country. All right, I'm raffling it off. You can buy a chance or, or uh, get a chance. I don't want to say buy, but I mean, you kind of are. You know, you can get a ticket for $100 or $150, mm -hmm. and I'm doing a live raffle, and we're going to pack up that bike, and we're going to ship it to whoever wins. Man. And right now, your chances are is. really good. Is good? <laughs> <laughs> your chances so, are really so good. So scroll up and show them the different layers, so um, the different levels that you can... There we go. Yeah. So here we go. Yeah. So we've got the. Uh... So you've got some T-shirts. The Monkey Fist Films is uh, kind of the. I, I you know I start. It's a cool name. Monkey Fist is a, is a soft knot that you use in climbing. It's a flexible. Mm -hmm. It could be a flexible anchor, you know, so to speak. So my idea of being in this industry is that I have to be flexible enough to anchor myself so that I can have a career outside of the military in this business. Nice. So I kind of came up with the idea of like monkey fist and I just like, I just That's like cool. saying monkey fist. Yeah. I mean, it never gets old. Yeah. <laughs> we should make a monkey fist t-shirt. So we've got Neil Kamamura, That's who is one of the bladesmiths and designers on my show is actually designing the logo for monkey fist films. It looks dope right now. We're just tweaking it a little bit. He's also helping me out with t-shirt production. So, you know, you can, you can get a t-shirt, a uh, monkey fist films t-shirt. There's going to be stickers. The nice. bike, is being raffled off that's and, very cool you know i'm even if you can't like buy one of the ten dollars you know twenty to five dollar or you know 150 dollar packages you know then you, you put in a dollar man yeah one dollar one dollar yeah. helps and if 150,000 people put in a dollar it's 150,000 dollars and even if i don't use it all i'm just going to give the rest to uh, a charity you know what i mean and i i personally i have a personal charity that i like who do you like uh, i like um Antonio Ruiz is a, a charity that he started. It's called Regroup Foundation. The okay. idea is that they provide sustainable housing for transitioning military members and their families, and they help these members put together a plan over the course of 18 months. Oh, wow. You know hmm. what I mean? He, you know, figure out who you mm -hmm. are, what do you want to do, and implement the plan. You yeah, know, make a plan. Cool. Sorry. Yeah, it, yeah you're good. 
Yeah, make a plan and implement the plan. And it's something that's directed at all service members. Yeah. My dad wasn't a spec ops guy. He was just an Air Force comm guy. And I don't want to say just a, because he was the first sergeant of his unit. I mean, he did 26 years. He kicked out a bunch of babies in that time, you know, with my mom. And I'm, I'm certainly nice. thankful for that. We got to travel the world. But, you know... He was just a regular old Air Force guy, and my next door neighbor was an SR-71 mechanic, and the guy across the street was, you know, was a transportation yeah. guy. So I grew up in this community that wasn't necessarily spec ops, and then when I got into the spec ops community, you know, it, it tends to be a little bit more exclusive. Like, nah, this is just us. But there are people serving in Afghanistan who aren't spec ops. As, as a matter of fact, the majority of personnel mm -hmm. who are deployed overseas right now, they aren't special operations personnel. They're just regular soldiers, yeah. sailors, airmen, you know, and, and, and Marines who are doing their job on the daily, and they just want to come back home and, and have a nice, stable life when they get here. And that's what the Regroup Foundation is all about. That's right. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So what other, what other questions on there do we have? Oh, and uh, just shout out to Vanessa Evers. And Tommy. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for the uh, love for the beer. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. just had to, she mentioned that a while ago. <laughs> that in there. And you caught that. I did. Of course I did. Yeah, I'm not going to let that one through the cracks. Come on. What's funny is that TD Pole is like, get in touch with Jared Taylor from the Black Rifle Coffee Com or Ross Patterson. Uh, I, I think you'll be hearing you me. <laughs> you'll be hearing yeah, me on their podcast. Do you know? Jared no, 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 no. Oh, he's, I, he's Jared excellent, Taylor, man. No? Guys, Matt no. Best is he affiliated? Oh, no, that with guy's Matt a, that guy's a hack fraud. Uh, you don't want to deal with him. Ross <laughs> 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 Patterson. Wait, wait, he, the, he, oh wait, did he hear you? Did he just come in here? <laughs> sorry, sorry, Matt Best. <laughs> Ross gonna, Patterson is one of the funniest dudes. Dude, that guy is. He's out of control, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. All right. What uh, else? What else we got? Oh, yeah. Here? Let's go through because we're getting a ton of questions. Keep them coming. We, oh my got, gosh. We've we only so got many. we've only got a few more minutes left on the show, so we're gonna hit some of the top questions here. Ooh. Are you guys linking up with VT, Vet, Vet TV and participating and supporting those guys? Love to support those guys. If you know, I'm throwing a. Uh, I throw think it out there. I think Jared went and did something with them. If I'm not mistaken, oh, I, I don't know. I could be speaking out of turn, but I. There may be some loose affiliation. It's hard to keep track of all the different connections. There's so much shaking and moving going on in this building. And, it's hard to and know. Guys, I want to start my own business. This is Mark Burton. Guys, okay. I want to start my own business. I know there's an avenue a vet can take for this. Are we better off using those avenues or going another route? Mark, email uh, info at readymanteam.com, and we will send you Jason's book about Launch It. Boom. And it tells you it's a, it's a great cliff notes on – starting your own business and being an entrepreneur. And then you can email us and ask us more questions, but that is a great place to start. So email us info at readymanteam.com and we'll get you set up. Um, so Captain, Captain McGee says, says wait, what's the deal that? with Matt Best? Or wait, joking that, around? No, the, um, Matt's no, a good buddy of ours. He no, actually, Matt Best is, is actually the worst. He's the worst person and I've ever met. Next time, if I ever see him, I'm going to punch him square in his face. Matt Best. I ever see that guy again. I'm just kidding. We actually After today. We after actually today. punch each other in the I miss face the every joke. day. I'm a little bit slow on the update. That's okay. No, no, no. Me and Matt Best, I think, in the show, we're all pretty good buddies. So, uh, Jonathan, glad you got. Glad you're getting something out of this. Hey, man, share this with anybody that might find it of value. So, ooh, Dave Shields, have you guys linked up with Jocko Willink podcast? I just found your page and I've watched all of his videos. Uh, we have not, but we are open to. You love know? to meet new people. Yeah, anybody that's out there doing, you know, inspiring work, like we love to have them. That's kind of part of the idea. I got Savage Gentleman. Yeah. I want to talk to Chuck real quick. All right, Chuck, Chuck. I know, actually, I know Chuck, and Chuck is a former 
Italian okay, bat boy. I, I, here's Long what I like about ago. Chuck's question. <laughs> Have we looked at the transition concept for returning World War II vets? What can we learn from that? Well, hmm. what, what do you guys know about returning World War II vets? I, One, highly celebrated. Yeah. Highly That's celebrated. Huge. Parades in the street. Mm -hmm. Okay. Two, the entire country, for the most part, was backing that effort. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew what we were there for. Everybody was well-informed. People read the newspaper. Uh, we didn't have social media back then. Short war. Yeah, it was a, it was a shorter war. It, it was a horrible war, don't yeah, get me wrong. No it, was, it was like brutal on yeah. top of brutal, but it was short. I mean, we're talking it was four years. Yeah, but it was uh, highly participated in, mm -hmm. uh, uh, in uh, what do you want to call it, campaign. Yep. Uh, fought on two fronts in the Pacific and European, and we had allies, a ton of allies who were also in that same fight. And, and you know, there was just a different national sentiment at the time. And I think when those guys transitioned back, everybody was there. Yeah. Well, Nobody because, needed the talk. You well, know, because yeah. because there were so many people that were veterans mm -hmm. themselves, mm -hmm. and so the, that camaraderie it extended across. Yeah. Whereas now, I remember coming home from there was my, a draft. There was a draft. I mean, so many people. <laughs> like I remember coming home from one of my trips to Afghanistan, and I was in the supermarket, and I remember, and I stopped and I looked around, and there was a Time magazine uh, sitting on the on the uh, shelf for the magazine rack. Where it was, it had the front page with some infantrymen in the in Konar or walking in the mountains of Afghanistan. And I remember th seeing all these people walk past this Time magazine, and I was like, "Man, nobody here even knows that there's a war going on." Yeah, yeah. And, and it was one of those moments where it's like, "Does wow." Yeah. yeah, it was it was a strange. Well, I, I mean, moment. I think we've we've been in combat for so long now. I mean, there's a there's a. It's just become yeah. It's, it's it's we're almost numb to it at this point, which is sad to it's say. It's not it's not even numb. We turn a blind eye to As, it. I, yeah, I actually got into a big argument the night before my wedding with my with my best man. Now my son is uh, is coming up on 17 years old. I have another one who's 19. And my 17-year-old is looking at the Marine Corps. You know, mm -hmm. he wants to go into the military, and I understand it. I understand his motivation, and I'm like, okay, son, let me give you some realities here. You know, and I broke it down to him the way that I would explain it. First of all, you got a special love for your son. You know, when it's your son, yeah, it's your son. Sure. But when I broke it down to him, I was like, I respect you. I love it. I was like, but understand what you're fighting for. Take a look around you and understand that when you go to fight, in the you know you go into the Marine Corps and they send you to another country to fight. Chances are the people, the American people, aren't going to know what you're doing over right. there. They're not going to know what you're doing, and chances are they don't really get. Well, they're they too care. busy making Harambe. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but you know what? Though? They're the military, too busy watching Kim and, Kardashian. In and, 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 and 2017, this is what I've told. I've got 22 nieces and nephews. Nice. And um, this is what I've told them. They ask me. They're like, "Hey, Uncle Jeff, what do you think about the military and stuff?" And I and I tell them all the same. I go, hey, you know what? In 2017, there is no other place that you can go to live a life of high adventure. Oh yeah, doesn't exist unless you join unless you join the military. And maybe I'm wrong, but somebody was like, no, you can go climb a mountain. Okay, that's a very short duration time, thing. Yeah. That's a one time thing. Yeah. But if you're living, if you want to live the life of high adventure. To my knowledge, there's just one place, mm -hmm. and it is the U.S. military. Yeah, and it indoctrinates you into a lifetime of needing that kind of activity. I know I'm a busy guy, and, and uh, my wife, 
you know, after we got married, I was like, it's locked on now, get ready. And we've flown <laughs> like four times in the last two weeks, man. It's been crazy. So, uh, All right, so we're about out of time. We don't want to drag it out too much longer, but you guys, we're doing this every Monday, and then we even pop in sometimes during the lunchtime. So you guys, make sure, hit the like button below with Savage Gentleman. Make sure you subscribe so you get the notifications when we're going live. But we do this, come hell or high water, every Monday night at 5 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, and that is whatever time you guys are tuning in from. And then we have ad hoc sua sponte ones that we like to say. Nice. Sua sponte ones that pop up every now and again at like noon because here at the Black Rifle Coffee Building, you just you never, never know. know who's coming through you the front door. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. literally, so, I, I walked out to the coffee shop and I was like, I think I know that's that the guy. forged and fire oh, guy. Shit. Yeah, no, I was stoked. I looked at this guy. I was like, <laughs> okay, don't get in a tussle anytime soon with him. So yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. Zach, let's play out the Indiegogo campaign yeah. that Will Willis has called the transition project. If you guys haven't gone and donated to that, please do great, great project. He's working mm-hmm. on, but love to move that forward. So you know, until next time, thanks for m- so much for joining us. Will, thanks so much for coming yeah, on. Thank you so much, man. Our pleasure. I appreciate Our it. Pleasure. I appreciate it, you guys. We'll see you guys next Monday. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Will Willis. I am a former Army Ranger and Air Force pararescueman and currently a television show host. And last year, I filmed a documentary about veteran transition on a cross-country motorcycle ride. And I need your help finishing that documentary. I'll give you more details after this trailer. If you like what you see, stick around. Close camera gear. My drone. Those items have to somehow puzzle together on the back of my motorcycle. New bike, new rules. About 15 miles away from my destination, I ran out of gas. It's not really built for the type of trip that I'm doing. So here I am, pushing the bike. I'm doing it anyway. Sometimes that's what you gotta do. Just the magnitude of driving across the United States on a motorcycle. Uh, Just the idea of it is pretty daunting. But then I have to consider why I'm doing it. And there's a lot of different reasons. She's waiting for me to feel again. The news was saying, stay in your house and keep the AC on at 78. But I just couldn't do that. Honey! This is the very definition of what it means to transition. Uh, U.S. Army, I was uh, basically uh, Second and third ACR, based out of Fort Worth. You're going 100 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, you just come to a full stop. First Ranger Battalion from 2006 to 2010. And you don't have any place to charge the battery or refuel the tank. Four combat rotations to Afghanistan and um, exited service after that. So you got to figure it out. But I couldn't couldn't get that same feeling again that I got 1989 running through battle in the streets of Panama. And that's the hard part. This is the shit that we go through. People who've freaking done and been part of all this shit. We literally stop feeling. That's the hard part. 
salvation lies in your love. My salvation lies in your love. Shit. I don't know, man. I, I feel fucking awkward asking for money. Like, please help me fucking finish my documentary. You know, I need your money. And then people are supposed to trust you to actually get it done. I mean, this is a huge responsibility. And I take it very seriously, but, you know, I can only do so much on my own. And, um, you know, I need help. And that's all there is to it. I need help. I need help finishing this documentary. And I'm asking for your help. I'm not begging for it. If, if you think that this is something that, that uh, needs to be brought to light and needs to be highlighted in our society or, or in, in a documentary like this, then, then help me out. If you're not interested, I understand that too, man. But um, nobody does stuff like this all by themselves. And so far, it's been just me and the people that I interviewed. Um, I could use a hand. Let's check us out.